0: The Dodgers just continued to own the San Francisco Giants. They pummeled the Giants at Oracle Park last night. And there are two trends emerging for the Giants that are problematic. On the hitting side, they're striking out too much. On the pitching side, they're allowing too many homers. Will these trends continue? We'll dive into the numbers next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, so check us out there if you have not already and hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MLB60 and use code MLB60 for 60% off plus free shipping. And coming up on today's show, the less said about the game last night, the better. The Giants got destroyed by the Dodgers. It was just a blowout. It was a lot of runs by L.A. and few runs by the Giants. Julio Urias, I saw Grant Brisby of The Athletic, wrote a piece about how Urias has become the nemesis uh of the Giants on that, on that Dodgers team and on that pitching staff taking over for Kershaw. And it's funny, before I read that, I was thinking the exact same thing. Julio Urias has become that guy. The Giants just can't touch this guy dating back to the 2021 NLDS and possibly before that. But, you know, he was on the mound in that game that closed out that series when the Giants couldn't win at home. And since then, I mean, the Dodgers just owned the Giants in 2022, the Dodgers and the Padres. If you take away what you can't do, but if you were to take away, I don't have the numbers pulled up. I honestly didn't want to spend too much time looking them up because they're so ugly. It's like, I'm going to spend a bunch of time doing a bunch of research just to find something that makes me sick to my stomach. But the Giants were very bad against the Padres and the Dodgers last year and like well over 500 against everybody else. And so on the bright side, you don't have to face these teams as much. You get 12 fewer games against the Dodgers and Padres this year. It used to be 19 times a year per team in your division, and now it's 13. And so... That's a positive on the negative side. I mean, the Giants played the Dodgers really tough through the Dodgers stretch of dominance whenever it started, like 2014 through 2021, really. The Giants and Dodgers were close to 500 against each other, even though the Dodgers were like 200 games over 500 against everybody else. It was crazy. Like the host of Lockdown Dodgers and I looked it up and because he agreed i mean the giants played the dodgers super tough for a long time even though the dodgers dominated everybody else however that the, the switch has been flipped and now the dodgers are just running circles around the san francisco giants and frankly embarrassing them and look it's one game and i'm reminded of the fact that the Dodgers just played a series against the Arizona Diamondbacks in which they won game one of the series. And then they went on to lose three straight to lose three out of four. And you can't tell me the Diamondbacks are some juggernaut team. And so it's not a fair comparison. It's just baseball. Like you can, you can get embarrassed. And for all we know, the Giants could win the next two games of this series. But there are certainly trends that are emerging uh, on the young season for the Giants. On the offensive side, it's the strikeouts. And on the pitching side it's the home runs and so in some ways you're gonna maybe find this odd but I find that beneath the surface there's actually a lot of reason for encouragement and let me explain why before I totally lose you on this and so before the encouraging part let me just kind of state the facts and the fact is that the Giants strikeout rate Some people do calculate strikeout rate in a weird way, and I don't like looking at raw strikeout totals so much, because if you're a team that scores a ton of runs, you're going to have more opportunities to strike out, because more guys are coming to the plate. Whereas if you get you know perfect gamed every day, and you have the same total number of strikeouts as the team that has a ton more plate appearances, the team that strikes out at a higher rate, it's more important to look at strikeout rate, which is just simply when you have a plate appearance, when you come up to the batter's box, how often are they striking out? And that number for the Giants is 29.3%, which is by far now the highest in the game. It wasn't by far the highest in the game just a couple days ago. They were, they even had fallen out of last place. But now back into last place at 29.3%, the next closest team is at 26 0.9 so a big gap there and the league average is just 22.7 percent. so the giants are simply striking out too much and it's hard to be uh productive when you know you're not putting the ball in play so much more often than the average team and why it's because when you put the ball in play no you're not always going to get a hit but at least you're sometimes going to get a hit and uh you're also, you know, sometimes going to get big hits like home runs and stuff. And so when you just limit those opportunities that much, it's going to usually lead to some problems. But, and I mean, it certainly has led to problems in some games for the Giants. Uh, per Susan Slusser, uh, she says correctly, I'm sure, that the Giants have scored just 10 runs in their six losses, 10 total runs in their six losses. So fewer than two runs a game when they're losing. And 38 runs in their four wins, which comes out to what, 9, 9, 18, 27, 30 more than nine runs a game when they're winning. So it's like you're either scoring nine or you're scoring one. That's basically what it's been. And I know that there are some who are saying that this was kind of what was happening last year. I just, this kind of trend, I just don't think has that much long-term meaning. It's just something that's happened, I think. Of course, you know, anything's possible, but theres I just don't see any reason why they aren't just like the combination of the two. And then in any given moment, we should expect more of the average of those two kind of polar opposite performers that we're, that we've seen. And so all in all, even though the Giants are four and six, I mean, they've managed and I know that a lot of it came in one game. They had 16 runs and seven homers and all that. But overall, the Giants have been, despite the high strikeout rate, an above average offensive team by weighted runs created. Plus, where league average is 100, the Giants are at 111, which is seventh best in Major League Baseball. Their uh, team batting average kind of amazingly, despite the high strikeout rate, because strikeout rate is one of those things that should tank the batting average, because There's no chance of a hit when you strike out, like I said, whereas when you put the ball in play, it's kind of one of those things where teams have usually around the same rate of hits on balls in play throughout the league. Not necessarily, but at least somewhat similar, Uh, and it's around 30% when you put it in play that it's a hit. And uh, so for the Giants to be putting it in play so much less than most teams, it is a little surprising that they're only kind of right in the middle in batting average at 249. But they've been an above average team at walking, and so their on-base percentage is the 8th best in Major League Baseball, believe it or not, at 336. And the slugging percentage is 5th best in Major League Baseball at 445. The isolated power is 4th best in Major League Baseball at 197. And so, Despite, like, basically the only thing that's holding them back, well, I guess I would say consistency, but also the strikeout rate. Other than that, there there's a lot of positive signs in terms of getting on base, in terms of hitting for power. Like, they have 18 home runs, which is the third most in baseball. I mean, there's a few teams, there's quite a few teams who don't even have 10 homers. There's three teams tied With five homers at the bottom of the league, and the Giants have 18. So, yes, like a lot of them came in one game, one of them at least came against a position player. It doesn't really matter to me. I mean, these other teams are hitting five, and the Giants have 18. And so that's a good thing and not something to be ignored. And when we look at, you know, a lot of the teams that are up there towards the top in strikeout rate, Like I said, the Giants are last with 29.3%, but a 111 weighted runs created plus, meaning 11% above average. Let's look at the next worst strikeout team, the Tigers at 26.9%. What is their weighted runs created plus? 56%. They've been about 45% below average offensively. That's kind of what you expect when you see a strikeout rate that's near the worst in the league. Kansas City Royals have the third worst strikeout rate. What is their weighted runs created plus? 52, about 48% below average offensively. Marlins next uh, with a 26.4% strikeout rate, 82 weighted runs created plus. So it's not normal. Like it's the Giants deserve credit for overall. In the aggregate, like I get it in certain games like last night, they don't look good offensively, but overall uh, they have been, if you just take a random plate appearance from the season, you would expect it to be about a, a, an 11% above average result essentially. And so for that reason, like, okay, so coming up in just a minute, I'm going to explain why I don't think that they're going to lead the league in having the highest strikeout rate. And I I have clear reasons to back this up. And because of all those other things, I think it's a positive. Because if the strikeout rate comes down and the other stuff is able to be sustained, then that could be a recipe for them kind of taking off offensively. So we'll get into all of that. And talk about the pitching side and the home run rates there, which are so much a problem in the early season, in just a minute. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by So Rare, our new sponsor. So Rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketing uh, marketplace, transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 MLB teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience. Collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there's no cost to play. Plus, the more you win, the more you advance. Collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. So Rare recently partnered with MLB All Stars Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez to serve as brand ambassadors. Head to SoRare.com slash locked on, that's spelled S O R A R E dot com, to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash locked on to start playing today. All right, as promised, more about the early season trends for the San Francisco Giants. Just one more note, and this was what I was going on about with uh, strikeout rate better than being like raw strikeout totals. I didn't do the research on this, but I would venture to say I'll, I'll get to that point in a second, but this is from courtesy of the SF Giants PR. They say that the Giants have 115 strikeouts through the first 10 games of the season, which is the third most in that span in Major League Baseball history. Number one, the 2021 Orioles, 117 strikeouts. Number two, the 2018 Orioles, 116 strikeouts. Number three, the 2023 San Francisco Giants with 115 strikeouts. So these are close. It's not like the Giants are a distant third. I mean, they're two strikeouts away from being tied for the most in the history of the game for strikeout totals in your first 10 games. But what I I didn't spend the time doing this, but I would venture to say that the 2021 Orioles and the 2018 Orioles, despite I mean with those high strikeout rates, like I showed you with those other teams that were near the Giants in terms of worst strikeout rates in the league, the Orioles those two years were probably well below average offensively because of those strikeouts or in addition to all those strikeouts. And so it's not just about the strikeouts. The Giants, like, I I see a positive in there in that they've been able to have some success uh, despite striking out so much. But I've, it's got to calm down. Like, I don't think that it's sustainable to strike out that much and have offensive success. But the reason I believe that it will calm down simply happens when I look at the individual players' who are striking out on the Giants. So what are their rates? And what we find is that certain players, like, for example, Jock Peterson, he has struck out 36% of the time this year, whereas his career average strikeout rate is 24%. Michael Conforto has struck out 33% of the time this year. His career average strikeout rate is 24%. Wilmer Flores has struck out 25% of the time this year. His career average strikeout rate is just 14%. And so those are the three guys that stood out the most when I looked at this. There's also um, Blake Sable has struck out 37% of the time. And if that were to last, he's not going to last on the roster. But, you know, the other point to make here is that Joey Bart just came back yesterday struck out twice in four plate appearances. So already, I mean, obviously way too early of a sample to mean anything, but a 50% strikeout rate for Bart. Uh, So it's like if Sable goes and then Bart is the guy who replaces him, it's not like that strikeout rate is likely to go down. And so that's why I'm not kind of counting Sable as someone to say, well, it's going to turn around because it might, I don't know, Sable doesn't have a track record. And then if he goes, it might be Bart just doing the same thing. It's what I'm trying to say uh Bryce Johnson in a small sample has struck out 44 percent of the time that's unsustainable like if if that continues he won't stick on the roster uh other than that Roberto Perez who's now gone on the 60-day IL with the rotator cuff strain was striking out 35 percent of the time so Giants catchers on the whole are striking out like at Joey Bart levels and so that's another reason why you very well could see Gary Sanchez and you might think Gary Sanchez this guy's known as a strikeout guy he is but not at that level he's more like high 20s versus mid to high 30s and so when you get Pete I just specifically Peterson and Conforto are going to K less and then Wilmer Flores he hasn't had a ton of plate appearances just 24 compared to uh, Peterson has 36 Conforto has 43 but those three guys I mean they're skewing the numbers and I don't know there are some guys who I might expect their strikeout rate to even go up a little bit but I don't know Tyro Estrada is at 26 percent with his strikeout rate and his career strikeout rate is 19 percent and so simply put I mean there's just this is strikeout rate is just not one of those things that you usually see huge fluctuations from year to year for individual players. And so for Peterson and for Conforto and for Estrada and for Flores, I just expect their strikeout rates are going to trend towards their career averages. And when that happens, the team strikeout rate is going to come down. And so I do not think that 10 games is enough of a sample to say this is just who they are. It has been alarming. I'm not saying it means nothing, but I also am saying I have a high level of confidence that those players I just mentioned are going to regress to average, to their averages. And that's a long way to go because they're well above their averages. So it's not just the strikeouts, like what's behind the strikeouts? Why are they striking out so much? I got a lot of comments on Twitter. Uh, People... Kind of commenting that they're noticing a lot of called third strikes, which is funny because I'm sure that there have been because they've struck out so much. They're they're probably striking out every which way. But what I've noticed in particular, I guess probably mostly because I have seen the numbers and I'm checking on it every day, is that the Giants are dead last in contact rate. When they swing the bat, they only make contact 71.3% of the time, which is the worst rate in baseball. So just more swinging and missing per swing than any team in the game. What did I say? 71.3%. The league average is 75.7%. So it might not seem like a huge gap, but it is when it's every single swing at, you know, a four percentage point difference on every single swing, essentially, makes a difference and leads to strikeouts. And I don't know. So that's got to improve. They just have to be better at making contact. Gabe Kapler has said like they're fouling off pitches that they should be putting in play. That's kind of something where I don't, I'm not able to like pinpoint that in any numbers that I look at. I think that's something more that's more advanced that the team has access to, which is like, here are the pitches that are like in the heart of the zone that you should be looking for and that you should be doing damage on. And you're not, you're like fouling them off. And then so you know if you turn that around and you start putting those balls in play not only are you getting more damage but you're also making more contact or i guess a foul is a con- is contact but you're striking out less because you're putting it in play whereas if you foul it off you're you still might later strike out and so anyway these are all early season things but when you're extreme on one end or the other it's definitely worth talking about and This is one area where the Giants are extreme, but it's like the only area. Otherwise, the offense has actually been, despite the inconsistency, pretty above average. But on the pitching side, they've got another extreme thing going on, and it's the home run rate. They're allowing more homers per fly ball than any other team in baseball. And They've led the major leagues in terms of fewest home runs allowed each of the last two years. You might think 2021 magical year, we shouldn't even count it because so many things went right. Well, they did it again in 2022, but this year, so far, it's not happening. But just almost more so than the strikeout issue, to me, it points to kind of an unsustainable thing in a good way, in that it's not probably, it's Almost certain that it's not going to last. So I'll explain why and all the rest of the pitching numbers that have me encouraged in just a minute. But before we get into it, this episode is brought to you by none other than FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back. Thank goodness. And there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. I was just checking out the odds right now it's so great to see baseball back and I've got a weird one for you today the the game I'm looking at is the is the Tampa Bay Rays against the Boston Red Sox Tampa Bay Rays heavy favorites in this game but I just think they've won 10 straight to open the year this isn't football this isn't the NBA winning 10 straight is just not uh Indicative of a team that's just gonna have a completely dominant season necessarily. And I think the Rays are really good, but the Red Sox aren't bad. And I'm picking the Red Sox at plus 154 to break the streak. I just think in baseball it is hard to maintain a long winning streak. So I say the streak ends today and picking the Red Sox, even though it's Shane McClanahan on the mound. So you can check that out and so much more over at FanDuel. Uh, so And don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, here we go. Now we're going to turn our attention to the pitching side. Note that we haven't mentioned the defense. And this just randomly occurs to me. Yes, there was like a one sloppy play last night. But overall, so far what the giants appear to be doing is what i said i thought they could do which is playing like fine defensively i wouldn't say they're dazzling anybody but they're not looking like the worst defensive team in the league it's too early to tell last year these trends with the defense it took a while to emerge that's the thing about a season it's like right now we're talking about the we're we're seeing a couple trends with the strikeouts and the home runs by the pitchers uh with the home runs But anyway, defensively, let's just keep in mind through 10 games, it's not been the story. And that's a good thing, I hope. I mean, we'll see if that lasts. But so far, David VR has done a nice job at third. J.D. Davis has done a nice job defensively. Lamont Wade, he's had like one ball go through his legs, but otherwise has done pretty good at first, made some really good scoops, clutch scoops in some big situations as well. And then the outfield has just been fine. No major complaints there. Conforto's done a nice job in right field, and they don't have Haniger yet. And I think that he changes a lot uh, with the offense, and Slater changes a lot with the offense, with the ability to pinch hit a little bit more instead of not getting the platoon advantage a lot of the time right now. So anyway, there's a lot more to get into with the early season, but let's turn our attention to the pitching. And what's so interesting is that the Giants, as a pitching staff overall have an ERA of 4.66, which ranks towards the bottom. It's 18th in the league, 4.66 earned run average. And so it's not great being 18th in the league out of 30 teams. And their fielding independent pitching is also 18th. And so this is where a lot of the times, like I'm going to use fielding independent pitching to say, well, this is what their ERA should be. And it looks I mean, like last year and we were like, and it's a whole run better than their ERA. And that means that's what, that's what their ERA should be. But the problem with fielding independent pitching is that it's susceptible to home runs. It is highly influenced by home runs. And the problem there is that home runs are not something we view as something that stabilizes quickly in terms of when your pitchers are allowing them. And so, you know, if you have a game, like think of think about the poor White Sox after the Giants came to town. Their fielding independent pitching is going to be through the roof. And in fact, as I scroll, yeah, they've got a 5.60 fielding independent pitching. The White Sox do. And so in a small sample, before home run rate has had time to stabilize. Like I would say at the end of the year, the fielding independent pitching will have will tell the story to a large degree. But ten games in, it's skewed if you're doing something like allowing a lot of homers. And so that is exactly what's happening with the Giants. And that's why we have something called XFIP, expected fielding independent pitching. And what it does is it, you know, it looks at your strikeout fielding independent pitching means exactly what it sounds like. It's looking at the stuff that a pitcher controls and trying to take out what a pitcher can't control, like balls in play, the defense making a play or not, etc. It, it looks at strikeouts, walks, hit by pitches, and homers. The things like the pitcher is the only one who kind of influence the, and the hitter, of course, but not the rest of the teammates on the field. And so expected fielding independent pitching, it still cares about your strikeout rate, your walk rate, your hit by pitch rate, but it assumes a league average result. It it assumes league average results on balls in play and a league average home run to fly ball ratio. And that is because these things take so long to stabilize that it's basically saying, assume you just end up in the middle in those categories And then what is your expected ERA? And for the Giants, they come in at 3.54 in this number, which is the second best in Major League Baseball behind only the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays, a little bit worse than the San Francisco Giants in expected fielding independent pitching. And it's I'm not just like making up numbers here. This is a number I look at all the time anyway. And it's just indicating to me that, I mean, it's clear. The one thing that's going on here is that the Giants are allowing a lot of homers as a pitching staff, and if they were allowing a more normal rate of homers, then the results, according you know to the xFIP, are are expected to be second best in Major League Baseball, and so their their strikeout rate is seventh best as a pitching staff. The Giants' walk rate is where is it? their walk rate is second best in Major League Baseball. And their batting average on balls in play against them is right in the middle. Like They are average. And so, like I said, XFIP assumes a league average batting average on balls in play. And so the assumption here is correct. They do have that. Where things go off the rails for the Giants is simply the home run to fly ball ratio. And for the Giants, that ratio is 20.8%. 20.8% of the time when the opponent has hit a fly ball, it has left the ballpark. And the league average is 12.2%. And so for a team that led the major leagues in fewest home runs allowed in 2021 and 2022, and I don't have it pulled up right now, but I would venture to say they were, if not number one, then very near the best in home run to fly ball ratio each of those last two years. I am not suddenly under the impression that this team is going to be the worst in baseball at home run to fly ball ratio, especially when it's a notoriously slow to stabilize statistic. So to me, what this means is that expect fewer homers moving forward. And, you know, it's worth pointing out, Strikeout rate and walk rate stabilize faster. I wouldn't say they're stable yet, just like it's clearly to me not stable with the position players, with the hitters striking out too much, but much faster than the home run to fly ball ratio. And so, anyway, long term, I do not think the Giants are going to be last in this category. I think they're going to be at worst in the middle and possibly towards the front in terms of best home run to fly ball ratio and so if they can keep up everything else essentially except that then they should be fine and one more thing though is that they're left on base percentage i talk about this every year but most teams end up at about 72 percent of runners they allow on base stay on base and don't score. 72%. And for the Giants, they're only stranding 67.4% of their base runners, which is the, you know, it's 25th in Major League Baseball. Just as an example, the Dodgers are 26th. And it's not like the Dodgers have a bad staff. This is just, and I mean, the Dodgers team ERA is 4.22. Did you know that? But their peripherals are so much better. And so the, the Dodgers are going through the same thing. We didn't see it last night, which is a good reminder. It's like, you can be good but have they had previously had not great results they had a worse than 4.22 ERA going into yesterday's game but their underlying metrics were much better and one of the things that was hurting them was that they were they weren't stranding runners at a high enough rate as what they will moving forward and so for the giants it's the same thing i expect fewer homers on fly balls and i expect more runners that get on base to stay on base and not score and so that's my early season 10 games in takeaway on both the offensive side and the pitching side there are extremes with strikeout rate and home run rate and yet reasons to believe that underneath it all there's a good team in there and so You're playing a tough team right now. You're playing the Dodgers. I'm not promising it's going to get right right now. But I think over the course of 162, these are the types of things that find a way to correct themselves. And so time will tell. Anything can happen. But that's the way I see it. And that's all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked on Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy strategies. Find Locked on Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspic. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Caspick K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance. And thank you to everyone who's done so already. Cannot wait to be with you again tomorrow. Hopefully talking about a Giants win. Uh Alex Wood on the mound for the Giants. Dustin May, nasty pitcher on the mound for the Dodgers. So hopefully they can score more than one run. So anyway, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now locked on Giants.